Small businesses are the backbone of America, and they help keep the Texas spirit alive. But did you know as many as 50% will close their doors forever after just five years? Well, we're here to change that. This is The Beef. We know how tough it is to be an entrepreneur today. We're giving small business owners a platform to share their story. You'll hear it all. The highs and the lows, the good and the bad, and everything in between. This is The Beef Podcast, presented by Beefy Marketing in partnership with Community Bank of Texas, an FDIC member and equal housing lender. Oh, yeah. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Beef. I am your host, John Kelly, a.k.a. John the Marketer on Instagram and now TikTok. I definitely have a TikTok account, even though I said I never would. In the studio today, another one, as I tell you every single week that I am so excited to have in the studio, but... This one is for real. We've been talking all this time, things that should have been recorded on the podcast because we just have so much in common. I've got Tim Lucher with Full Throttle Texas Hot Rod Magazine. Kind of a lot to say there, but Tim, welcome to the studio. Fantastic, man. I appreciate it. So I've got your magazine in front of me here that you brought for us. Man, this is a really nice publication. This is a full-blown professional magazine. If you haven't heard of them, you don't know who we're talking to today, you need to check these guys and gals out. This is an amazing magazine, and I see TuneUp in here. We had them as a guest, I believe, episode six it was. Great, great group of people there. They've been with us from the beginning. I met them at a show over in spring back five, six years ago. Actually, they were out there cutting hair of all places at a car show, and they were set up cutting hair there. So Yeah. I mean, that's I what they do, them. and they do it well. I love it. VIP member over at the Tomball store. <laughs> and that, man, they're just a great place. So I told you before we got started, even though we've been started kind of, we like to start out with the little icebreaker question. So uh, my question today is going to revolve around food because I'm on a diet here. So what's your favorite restaurant? We have one in our locale called Sam's Restaurant. It's off Interstate 45. If you don't know where we're located at, our home base is in Fairfield, Texas. It's halfway between here and Houston and Dallas, off to the right. There's a lot of people that stop there, so it is a pretty popular restaurant. Yeah, you know, if you asked me that question, that would probably have been my answer. We just ate there last week. I'm sure you saw that they had the car show going on for Trooper Damon Allen Memorial. So I own OMG Event Co. And we donated a uh, DJ setup out there for that. So we were out there all day for that, helping out with it. And then my wife had never been to Sam's Restaurant. And my helper that was there with me, a good buddy of mine, Billy, him and his wife know all about it. And so we just made a group trip out of it. We're like, this is where we're getting dinner. And even though I'm on a diet, I knew I was going to hurt myself in there. And I did. I think I ate like three plates of food. Well, that's the place to do it. I mean, uh, they got everything on the menu, barbecue, fried chicken, whatever. And, of course, they have weekly specials, like last night with Mexican food. But probably something you don't know about Sam's, that used to be a funeral home. The original oh, wow. Sam's restaurant was across the road on the other side of the freeway. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> Man, I need, to get, I need to get them on the podcast. Uh, uh, Pontine, I, I doubt very seriously you'd ever get him anywhere. Yeah. But there's I'll, a. I'll go to him. You can go I'll, to I'll him. I'll come up there. I'll bring this whole setup, and we'll do a podcast right there in the restaurant and have lunch after. Oh yeah, he'd take care of you. I guarantee it. But uh, Pontine probably owns 
about half of Fairfield, so there ain't too much there wow. that he doesn't own. But yeah, that's one of the tidbits. My wife, she worked there whenever she was going to high school. So my stepdaughters, <laughs> all of them, they worked there. So yeah, it's it's been there a while. I love Fairfield. It's it's such a nice little town. Reminds me a lot of where I grew up in Waller. And, you know, I've visited several times. There's somewhere off behind Fairfield somewhere is a lake that I've been fishing on before. And I don't know what lake it was. I was a kid, but we spent all weekend out there on the lake with my dad. And it's just a cool little area. And I happened across Sam's by accident on my way home from Dallas. I used to take regular trips. And I just looked off one day and was starving. And I saw Sam's restaurant and I said, this lovingly, I'm not being mean here. But I was like, that is an ugly looking little hole in the wall. I bet their food is amazing. I've got to go try it because that's how I am. I prefer to go try those little bitty mom and pop shops versus I don't want McDonald's or nothing against them. They're they're good food when you're in a pinch and you need it, but I want real food. And that's what Sam's is. It's like somebody took just Mel's Country Cafe or Goodson's Cafe and they just took real good down home food and then said, well, we can also make a bunch of this and serve it buffet style. Oh, yeah. I mean, and not the, even an expensive buffet. No, not not <laughs> not for everything that's available to you there. I mean, even though if you eat there, probably once or twice a week, we'll go up there and have dinner because it's just me and my wife. So there ain't no sense in cooking right a, a big meal. So we'll go out to eat somewhere and go up there. But yeah, they've they've got everything barbecue. So it is pretty good. I like it. It's. Is what it is. Just get up there. <laughs> but like I said, if, if for a newcomer coming in there just every now and then, it's probably the thing. But to us, it's just another it's just restaurant. Sam's. <laughs> it's yeah. just Sam's. It's everybody. just Sam's. <laughs> hey, I can respect that, but that's all right. For us, it's a place I would drive a couple hours to just to go eat at. So, Well, next time you're up there, then give me a holler. Absolutely. So before we get started, I have to take a second and talk about our partner in this podcast, Community Bank of Texas. They're an awesome sponsor. They've been tremendous for us. You know, they they give us these swag bags we're handing out to our guests. They basically help us to pay the way for businesses like yours to come in here and get publicity off of this podcast completely free of charge. They know that especially now, the experience and availability of your banking partner is crucial. And they're here to help your business. Their bankers have been working diligently to give clients the support they need during these challenging economic times. And as a business owner, there's a lot of things that may keep you up at night these days, but your bank shouldn't be one of them. So when you bank with Community Bank of Texas, you have the freedom to focus on your business commitments instead of worrying about the commitment of your banker. They are proudly committed to partnering with you and your business through it all. The short-term hurdles, long-term growth, and countless new directions. When it comes to doing business, Community Bank of Texas simply delivers a better banking experience. Community Bank of Texas is a foundation you can build your business on for decades to come. They're better banking, business banking, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. All right, so Tim, who is Tim Lucher? How did you get started doing this? How did you decide to become an entrepreneur? Where'd you come from? I'm assuming Fairfield, Texas, since that's what we've been talking about. But where were you born? Just tell us all about you. Actually, I was born in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. Okay. My dad was in the Navy, and uh, when he got out, they were stationed still in Florida, and that's where that's where I was born at. We moved to Louisiana, and my brother was born there, and then we moved to Houston because my dad went to work with his brother, uncle, doing shrimp boats out there in Kingma. You know where the boardwalk is, right across from the boardwalk, you'll see a little 
kick out or a little cut out there. That used to be his shrimp place. And the little restaurant that's down from it on the right, that was his restaurant. He sold it all and then became a real estate mogul. <laughs> yeah, I, I grew up in South Houston. So whenever I turned 25, moved up to Fairfield, Texas with my parents and went to work at the uh, power plant that was out there and did all that. Got laid off there and then started working construction. But to make a long story short... To getting into hot rod, you have to thank your mom and dad because it all started with the Hot Wheels. Oh, you know, yeah. those little 99-cent cars you buy at Target. And we, me and my brother couldn't wait to go to Target or Toys R Us when they went to the store. And that's where we spent our time is sitting there looking at the Hot Wheels. Well, that just morphed into to what it is now. You know, hot rods. In high school, we built hot rods. We used to street race the old Dickinson track down past uh, oh, south of Houston. We'd go there and, and race on Friday, Saturday nights when they had the ET races, and they'd do the street racing on the Rankin Road, go out here on Westheimer. Used to be a place called Jigs Speed Shop. Used to be a real popular thing. Go over there and just hang out and line up your races, and you'd go out and place. There was a, oh, a new building. They were building a subdivision off at the end of Rankin Road, and then we'd go out there and race. Battleground Road there in San Jacinto Deer Park area we'd go out there but uh, yeah that's kind of where that went to but been into all kinds of stuff not just cars surfing skateboarding racing motorcycles the photography thing it started when I was in high school and then it came into to what it is now yeah it's something I enjoy doing is photography it I don't know. There's just something about, and especially car photography, you know, I've done all types. Like you, I call myself a semi-unprofessional amateur photographer. I've I've been paid a couple of times to do a couple of jobs, and I still get friends or family that request me to take their pictures from time to time, and I love it. But there's something about a car being in front of you, and then you just have that unfiltered look and access to a car. And, And it's crazy when you walk up with a camera So many of these racers or car owners or restoration shops are so willing to open everything up and say, it's yours. You know, whatever you need, just because you got a camera strapped to you, wherever you want to go, whatever you want to take pictures of, just don't mess anything up. That's it. That's right. With the camera thing, I don't take pictures of people because people always got an opinion on how things are supposed to look. Mm -hmm. So I made it a point. I don't shoot weddings. I don't take birthday pictures or anything like that. I take pictures of cars because I can take them how I want them. And then let the people see. I want the car to be the object or the truck or, or whatever it is to be the object of focus, not people that are there. It's more about what the car is and what it's supposed to do and, and this, that, and the other. But you can take a picture of a hubcap and turn it into a work of art. Absolutely. So, and and that's, and it's not going to say, hey, I don't like the way that looks. <laughs> so, yeah. It comes back out to you or or the angle you took that picture at makes my hubcap look fat yeah you don't have to hear all that that's right don't take that angle (laughs) hang on let me get situated and it's just it's so fun i remember one of the most memorable and and i don't think any of the listeners know this but i own 660 films as well which is a media company based in houston texas but we've traveled you know nationwide for races following street outlaws pilgrim studios at the time shooting for them and then just other small races that People would throw, you know, no prep drag racing scene and then they would just 
call us and we'd make a couple of calls or they'd make a couple of calls and have some appearances from some of those racers on Street Outlaws, some of the most down-to-earth people I've ever met in my life. And we've just kind of traveled around taking pictures of these cars for so long just as a hobby. I told you before we got started, sometimes the promoters will catch us a few bucks here and there for something or get us a hotel room for the night, but never been something we really got paid full time off of for sure. You know, we didn't have a magazine attached to it or anything. We just hadn't gone that monetization step, but the coolest photo I've ever captured was at an LOL car meet here in Houston. And they had a bunch of different cars out there and somebody had, and I don't even think it was anything special, you know, just a, a regular stock Mustang. And I'm just capturing some pictures at night with a flash behind it and then a flash in front of it. And just the ambient light from whatever light was around this warehouse building that we were doing the photos in, silver Mustang. And then I just took the pictures and it popped so much off of the headlight that it just looked like a bright flash, like a star off of the headlight. And then just like a magazine photo shoot or an ad on TV, it was just so crisp and clear. It was just hands down the best photo I've ever taken in my life of a car, but it just makes you feel so cool. Cause like you said, even though that car is not going to appreciate it, everybody else does. I find that a bunch of my photos, when I take them, that the ones that I think when I'm taking them at the time are going to be the worst ones. They usually wind up being the best ones whenever you get it up on the screen and you look at it and say, wow, that really did turn out good. But, you know, but it's just amazing. The ones you think you're going to have that are, oh, yeah, this is going to be killer. It's going to be the, <laughs> the bomb. And then you take a look at it, and it looks like shit. And you say, yeah. oh, hell no. Well, never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you what I love, too, is just the sheer amount of photos you have to take at these car meets and car shows and races. And especially when when we're covering a drag race. you Because know, I, I assume, so you kind of handle more of the car show. I would assume, right? Right. We kind of had to find a niche there. At first, whenever you first start out, you, you're taking pictures of everything because right. everybody wants you, hey, I want to look at this or I want to see this. And then you kind of find your way and, and get in it. And we're still finding our way into what we're doing versus what we like to shoot and versus what we do shoot are two different things. Mm -hmm. So I don't have much time really to take and do a photo shoot of a single individual car or something at the car show yeah i can do it if there's a spot but most of the time we're taking pictures just to make the coverage for the magazine and we want to capture everything that that's there not just the cars are the main thing but we want to catch some of the people mm -hmm. we don't want them to to be posing for the magazine we want them to be in their natural state and they're out there oh yeah check this out or somebody's leaning over your car looking at the the engine or looking at the interior or something like that i just want to do it incognito and snap it and go on heck yeah and and that's what we do but 99 percent of the magazine is it's all about the cars it's all about the trucks, all about the motorcycles. That's all you're going to find in there. You'll find some advertising from some people that we have in there. But as far as editorials or, or write-ups of any kind, they're very few and far between. We don't put a whole lot of them in there. I got you. Yeah, we did a lot of racing, so just strictly action shots. Because, you know, most of what we would do, we'd have one or two video cameras there rolling at all times. And then as the photographer... I would kind of do the same as you walk around the pits, try and catch, you know, these little quick candid shots of the guys or gals working on their cars or people coming to look at their cars, that kind of thing. But whether I was doing a car show or a race, man, I would walk away and in a one day event, 
I would have no less than a thousand, fifteen hundred pictures easily. Oh yeah. And then God forbid, you know, you're doing a two day event where they got racing on both days. Man, we would have hours and hours of footage and three, four thousand photos. Easily. Oh yeah. Once you start, you know, the digital camera allows you to do that now as long as you've got a card that'll keep up with it. Yeah. We've actually, you know, I've got my two daughters that help me, that help do this. So it's not just me now. This is a family affair that we got going on. So I have my daughter out there and it's it's not unusual for her to take 900 photos on a one day event. And then we wind up with a 2,500 Photos we have to edit and get ready to put yeah. in the magazine. So it, it's it that's what pretty people don't, they don't understand, you know. And I know that we share this pain together as photographers, even if you're not taking pictures of people. People don't understand how much goes into photography. They say, well, you just brought a camera out, turned it on, and you started clicking pictures. So why do I want to pay you more than 100, 200 bucks for two, three hours of work? Because it's a lot more than just click, 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 click. What comes after that? What oh. comes before that? Or how about my, yeah, eight $900 camera, but $2,000 lens? Right. And then I'm carrying all that out with me, plus my memory cards, plus the other lenses I have, plus my secondary camera body, plus. So when I'm carrying $10,000 worth of equipment on my back and taking pictures for you for four hours out of my time and then spending 16 hours editing, Oh, Don't yeah. tell me about it. Oh, I know. When I get home, I've got a regular job that I work from 6 o'clock in the morning till 3.30, 4 o'clock in the evening. Then when I come home, I, I work on this stuff here. So it's not unusual for us to go to bed or call it quits by 10, 11, 12 at night working yeah. on this stuff, trying to get it in and out. And it's not just a magazine. We work on the website and trying to keep it up to date or getting T-shirts or Hats ordered, stickers ordered. It's a full-time job. So it's two full-time jobs that we work. And then, okay, now we got to travel to the show. And then we have a hotel room, and then you have this and the other. There's a lot that goes into it. So it's a lot of planning. For sure. So it's a family affair. So you got, you said both daughters are in on this with you. That's pretty cool. Yeah, both my daughters are in it. My youngest, Whitley, she loves cars. And Danielle, she, ever since she was a little girl, she wanted to race dragsters, but we were never financially capable of being able to do that. (laughs) So Yeah, my buddy, he had a little junior dragster for sale and my cousin and I both were like, man, we need to get this thing and go in for our kids. (laughs) Because my cousin is the co-owner of 660 Films and so we've always been kind of a, a fan of getting our kids into that kind of stuff. But I'm the same way with you. I work my face off and I'm just not there yet to be able to afford a racing career for a child. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, we'll get there. It is a business, but to me, or to all of us, really, it's still, it's a fun time. I mean, we can get together and go to the shows and set up. It's not just a magazine we have, but we sell T-shirts and hats and stickers at the show and they take care of that. And that's what makes the magazine what it is. We don't do the magazine to make money off of it. We do it for the people out there, the show, just to say, hey, here it is. What is the magazine? Is what is the company? Why do y'all do what y'all do then? What What do you mean by, is it just a kind of a promotional opportunity for local car shows or what exactly do you do? It's not just local car shows. Most of the ones we do are all bigger car shows. They're going to be like your uh, Lone Star Throwdown, Texas Wake and Scrape in Huntsville, oh, yeah. uh, Turkey Drag in uh, Lone Oak, Texas, or Laying at the Lake. These are all 
pretty good, pretty good size shows. They're good two day events. We do do some one day shows, but most of them are two day events that we do. We started it for the little guy, the guy that wanted his car. You know, he always thought uh, he loves his car. You work on your car. Everybody loves your car. I'm yeah. right. But he would like to see it in a magazine. But, you know, Hot Rod magazine and, and trucking and all them are, aren't looking for that but they were they're looking for the the SEMA type builds your bigger ones the big right. high dollar stuff and those are the ones you get put in there but we're giving them the opportunity we put them in this in our magazine it and it's not just the 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 newsprint style it's like those this is high quality papers it looks just like a a picture is right. exactly what it is. No, this is obviously our listeners can't see, and I wish sometimes <laughs> they could. But, I mean, there's nothing that tells you this isn't a magazine. This isn't just something you printed in your backyard and cut out and stapled together. Like, this is a very nicely well put together magazine. Oh. It's, it's respectful. Yeah. The company we started out with first, they they were doing a good job of printing them out. And then as we got more into it, it seemed like, the magazine quality started dropping down. So we went to another company and that's where this one come in. And the quality of it is so much, it's a hundred percent better than what it used to be. And then the company that we were dealing with first, they bought this company, but I think they <laughs> left this part alone. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. It's a learning curve going through all this editing and then putting the photos in and, you know, and lining them up and everything, getting it all straightened out, stuff like that. So it takes two or three weeks to get it together, but once it's together, it's, it's ready to go. How long have you been taking photos? I mean, I know you said you started in high school, but with a purpose, how long have you been going to the car shows, for instance? We started this probably about four to five years ago. I was racing motocross. You know, I'm an older guy. I have to ride in the vet class. And, <laughs> you know, that's what we spent our time doing on the weekends. We'd race. And during the week, we'd work and work out and stuff like that and train. Mm-hmm. But I had a bad accident about 2014, 2013. Doctor said that was it. That's the end of it. Next time. If you hit your head one more time, it's going to be, you're probably going to be eating out of a feeding tube. So we put it all up, sold it, and I got bored looking for something to do. My wife had a Canon T3 Rebel that she got for Christmas back in 2010 or something. That's what I started on. Yeah. That's what I, that's what this started on was that we went to. Very capable camera still. Oh, yeah. Very capable. It's crop frame, but it's very capable camera. That's what I got my grandson. He takes pictures, and that's what I have him use is that T3. Mm-hmm. But that's where it all started. I used her camera. We went to a Lone Star Throwdown one year, just took a bunch of pictures, put them on Facebook. Everybody going, hey, yay. And then uh, did that a couple of times. And at that time, the magazines were starting to, to fade off, the paper print. Mm-hmm. I said, hey, what's it going to take to start this? And I kept asking questions. Nobody had answers and everything I looked at. It's going to cost you $100,000 to get started and this, that, and the other. So, no, I'm going to try something else. And then uh, I found this company that did a print on demand. So, we printed up a couple of them and they were big hits. So, how long have you been printing since that? Probably five years. Okay. So, we've been doing this about five years. Gotcha. So, you're not charging the car show. The, the producers for that. No. Are you making all your money off of ads? No. The people that advertise with us, we don't charge them anything. I mean, they're they're a small business just like we are. 
and we want to give everybody the kind of exposure to get them out there to help them. I mean, every little bit helps for them. You know, when if if they do good, then I do good. That's kind of the way that I look at it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of taking this in a different direction. Other people are going to use their advertisement to to help them make money, but I didn't want to monetize my advertisers for that kind of thing. I, I wanted to to get them out there and give them some uh, an additional exposure that they wouldn't have in a in a different opportunity. See, and that's the, I mean that's the whole reason this podcast exists. We're in the same boat. We want to be a resource first. Yeah, and we want to support small businesses. So then. I'm guessing then the merchandise that you sell, and then is it a subscription-based model to get this magazine? Not yet. Okay. The magazine itself, those are $20. I mean, that's 68 pages, full color, and it costs $28. We don't make anything off of that hardly. doesn't take in my time, the time editing, the the time that we go, you know, the travel and all that stuff. Right. The merchandising is where we make the money to put it back into the business to to keep the stock on the t-shirts, keep stock on the hats, being able to stay in the motels and having the gas tank full to drive out there to to go do that. So we're at that point now to where that is actually taken over and we're being able to do that instead of taking money out of mine and my wife's back pocket and trying to fund in all this. So as that's growing and going into that direction, then that's, makes it easier for us. And that's where we're at still with 660 Films is it's money out of our pocket. We're not making money to do it. We're just spending money because I get to go stand on the starting line of a race and watch drag racing. Like, what better time? But at some point in time, anything that you do for a business, you got to monetize it. So what I'm hearing is supporting you is supporting those small time builders that don't have a million bucks sitting in the bank and they're not building a $150,000 restoration project. This is something that they put their love and attention into that may eventually equal 150 K, but that's over 15 years, not a check they wrote today and said, Hey, we want this garage to just rebuild our, our stuff. This guy's out there turning wrenches in his garage doing this by hand. Oh yeah. And you're supporting that guy by putting his old car that doesn't have that glossy paint job. It's got original paint that's been, you know, buffed up a little bit. That kind of thing. And then if I support your magazine, I'm also supporting small businesses. Oh yeah. Because we're getting exposure for those small businesses that otherwise wouldn't be able to pay for that advertising in a big magazine. Right. Like the one the page you're on right now with Gearhead Coffee. They're probably one of our bigger small businesses, but they appreciate it that the fact that somebody actually, hey, can you do this? And I said, yeah, sure, no problem. We'll put it in there. It won't cost you nothing. I don't know if Gearhead's listening, but I need them to be on the podcast, and I need some samples of their uh, coffee because we like coffee around here. Oh, you will, you will definitely. They just sent me their wholesaler list because that's something we're going to start doing at shows. That's supposed to be secret. but <laughs> <laughs> Well, the good thing is we've had such a, a fantastic outpouring of people want to be a part of this podcast. You know, like I said, we accidentally got sponsored in a meeting that we had with our awesome community bank of Texas. And it was just by accident that they said, Hey, we want to be a part of this, you know, and they've been such a tremendous sponsor. And so it's, it's that same way where this business to business coming up with those, those secret items and all that stuff, it just happens so natural and in support of each other. And I love that. But it's made us so busy that now it's like, hey, this episode 
by the time it comes out, it won't be a secret anymore because this is going to be, I think, probably sometime mid to late January that this one will probably be airing. So our listeners right now are probably in January 2022, hopefully a much better year already. (laughs) We've got a long list of people wanting to be on the podcast and many episodes recorded by the time we get to where we're at. So this has been an amazing blessing. Oh, yeah. But yeah, we want to, I want to get all these guys and gals that are in here on the show. We're about the same thing. So if I buy a magazine, man, I think pitching an extra five, 10 bucks to buy the magazine, it's not a bad idea because you're helping out small businesses and you're helping out those local builders that just, they don't have those big budgets to go. Oh, yeah. Spend all that money just building a car overnight. And even at that, they drive it to the show. They still want people to, to look at it, not just just at the show. Okay, we're done here. You got another avenue. And even though we're small right now, and I might have to run out there and say, hey, do you know your car's in a magazine? They'll look at me like, what? I said, yeah, you go over there and check out our magazine at Full Throttle and uh, go over to our booth over there where the trailer's at. Go through it. Last year, like the issue you're looking at right now, this, this was the 2021 River Rod down in New Braunfels, Texas. And it, that just happened in March. So, hey, go check it out. Your car's in there. So how often do y'all put out a new issue? We try to put get them out within four to five weeks after the show. Okay. Try to get them going. This is one of the, the newer ones that we've had, but and I've got several others out in the car. We're, and, and, you know, you're speaking of, of small businesses. I'm fixing to go over and, and see Wiesner, guy over there who's got a truck that's in the shows, and he's got one of those big, nice trucks it's got a lot of money in it but he works for a new outshoot of Wiesner which is their auto accessories superstore so they're gonna start stocking our magazine on their shelf or That's awesome. I'm gonna give them a, a rack and a couple of issues and say here sell these for us and give them exposure and give us exposure at the same time for sure you know it's so important if you're not in the car show circuit or the racing circuit I, I don't think that you just truly understand how much work these people put into their vehicles. Oh, yeah. But every single car show I've ever been a part of, and, you know, especially at the races we go to, a lot of times it's an impromptu car show in the pits because every racer has their stuff on display while they're working on it. Mm -hmm. But also around that, other people bring their classics out and, you know, those kind of things and set up and show their stuff off. And I've never walked up and spoken to an owner or driver and not had a significant backstory to how they got to where they're at. Oh, yeah. And it's always such an interesting story to hear, especially when it's when it's that old guy and his wife. And they're like, yep, I bought this as a second owner back in 1962. It's been sitting in my garage since then. And, you know, finally got it out 10 years ago and been working on it. And you can just hear the story behind every single tool that he touched to bolt that he put on to whatever it is. And you can hear that story in his voice and just, it's such an amazing thing to support. So I hope y'all are far more successful than you ever wanted to be. Well, we, we're working on it this year. The, the basis of our magazine is, is the shows in Texas. We try to try to keep it here this year. We went out, actually, we went to Louisiana, a place called Frog City and did a show called Altered Metal. And then we went to uh, Alabama, went to the Battle in Bama show, which is at the Battleship Alabama. Mm-hmm. Got to get all that out. I know. And that, is, that was probably one of the nicest shows that I've been to this year. So, and it was really big. They bring in everything, not just super 
super trucks, low riders, four wheel drives. They they bring in the hot rods and and everything. And that's those are the kind of shows that you've got gives you a variety of everything to be able to put it in the magazine. So you're not just all trucks or you're all cars or you're all rat rods or anything like that. You get a variety to throw in there. Yeah, I love I love it all. Unfortunately, oh, yeah. we fell on some tough financial times, which we are out of now, but I just haven't been able to replace it. But, you know, I grew up on a Harley Davidson. And so as a, a kid, I learned really young how to ride motorcycles. And I'd take my dad's Sportster out at 13 years old and ride up and down business 290 in Waller, Texas, while he was at the bar drinking. You know, we had a lot of fun. And then I bought my first Harley in 2013, and it was a 2013 Electra Glide. And I love riding. So I love going out to these car shows or motorcycle shows or races and seeing Everything from the sport bikes that they've souped up, throwing big old turbos on to the classics to whatever it is. Motorcycles are beautiful. They're amazing. But I love that variety. Love rat rods. I mean, how can you not? Oh, yeah. But I also, I love the classic muscle, you know, like I and I love the new stuff. I'm not a huge import fan, but everything else, the new stuff, I don't mind seeing it either. You know, as long as it goes fast, sounds good, runs on gasoline, I'm good with it. Yeah, ain't nothing like a big old cammed up Chevrolet. Bumping oh. through the through pit area, just spitting race gas, and you go, "Oh yeah, <laughs> that smell, man! You'll never, <laughs> you'll never get used to it." Uh-uh. But at the same time, you love it. Like it, you just, it's almost like a uh, an understanding. It's like, all right, you're gonna make my eyes water, but I'm okay with it. At least I can <laughs> breathe this time, you know. Yeah, you want to open a can of it while you're working in the garage, just you could smell it. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'll tell you, man, Birdman. Every time he pulls up, no matter what engine he was running or what car he was in. When he would pull up, you just had alcohol just in the air. Like, you couldn't breathe. You couldn't see. You're just holding the camera, hoping that you're lined up still before they take off. Man, it's just being down there around some of those three, 4,000 horsepower cars on no prep drag racing surface. Oh, yeah. You get your eardrums, got to wear some earplugs out there. You get like (laughs) me, you can't hear nothing. Yeah. The car shows are a lot more laid back, but uh, both are fun. Oh, yeah. And it depends on different genres have different type of people that go to yep. it and so you know, it's it's all each one is different each one has their own uniqueness about it who comes to it and stuff like that you're liable to see anybody from extensive metalworks bringing their whole setup out there or mom and pops out there selling crafts and stuff there was that show was it that show no, it was a Luke and Rod show that we did. There was a guy out there, and he's got a company. He's the Flat Bill Farmer, and he does pickles and jalapenos and jellies and stuff like that. Mm. And I bought a jar of bread and butter pickles from him. That is most delicious pickles oh. I've ever had in my life. I haven't had his, but I've had bread and butter uh-huh. pickles, and it's not a joke. No, they're they're kind of spicy and and but they were good anyway. It's it's stuff like that that you see at the at the local shows. People that are you know your craft type people are coming in and selling things like that, coffee mugs and different types of stuff. But you know stuff you won't see at other shows. Mm-hmm. And the racing, I love the racing. I, every time we go by the track, uh, go through going two eighty seven. Past Ennis on the oh, the me- yep. motorplex. Oh my gosh! Thinking God and all them people out there, and, and I'm headed to a show on the other side of Dallas or Fort Worth or something. I'm like, God, why can't we just go over here? <laughs> <laughs> no, I I love that venue. It's a, a regular stop for Redemption for Shannon mm-hmm. Morgan, and 
We absolutely love that venue. I miss it was old school. It wasn't fancy and nice like that, but uh, out there in Kennendale, uh-huh. man, I miss that track. That was a lot of fun. I remember going to Kennend. I'm gonna give me my age, but you know, <laughs> back in the '80s, I remember going out to Kennendale and, and just watching the guys going out there and racing. And speaking of Kennendale, when I was at Universal Technical Institute, they have a car that the students work on. Uh, per se and uh they go out there and drag race it at kennedale at the end of the session and you know everybody going yeah okay we're gonna rag race it but yeah kennedale's just that track that has that vibe that everybody's going out there and it's just the old schools kind of like the, the asphalt and all that kind of good oh, stuff yeah nothing nothing fancy about it no frills just yeah it, it's all about lining up and going down the track and that's it that's what i like about it and but, that's when i moved up to where I'm at now and got with a group of friends and they said, Hey, let's go down here to the drag races. Oh, okay. Where are we going? And they said, we're going down here to this track. And you, you get in a car and you drive for two and a half hours. And you finally get there. And, God, why didn't you say you were coming here? We used to come here back whenever I was in school. So. Right. Yeah. <laughs> now it, I tell you, man, that, that drive down 45 or I should say up 45 from Houston to Dallas ain't no joke. No, it's not. And it gets longer. It seems like every time I have to make it. Well, as many people that are on the highway right now, and especially the 18-wheelers, I mean, coming down here today, it was just like a line of 18-wheelers. And, mm-hmm. and it's they're all, I guess, headed to the port to get loaded up. So hopefully things will start smoothing out, but I don't see it smoothing out anytime soon. But they are, it's just like doubled in traffic just with them on the highway. So you right. need to be careful watch them. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I think we we learned quite a bit about your your company, man. I don't know if there's anything else you want to share. I'm this has been a great talk and I mean, this magazine is beautiful. I'm I'm not going to let you leave here with it. I'm going to buy it from you. We're going to have to talk after this and see what we can get in the works because this is a really cool thing. I hope our listeners will pay attention and start buying some stuff from you and support this cuz if you support what Beefy Marketing and Community Bank of Texas are doing by having this podcast supporting small businesses. And it seems like you got to support this this magazine as well. well fantastic. And that's, you know, that's what it's all about. You know, you're going to be, you support us and I support you. And and together we get in and we're all winning in the end. When I first started, it was by myself. Nobody, you wouldn't get any help from anybody because, of course, everybody's taking pictures and, they can see them on Facebook. Oh, yeah, I got a picture. Now, you know, that that was another reason we morphed it into the magazine. So, okay, you know, well, here you go. You can have it for posterity now and keep it with you. But, yeah, it's cool the way that it's worked out. Not just the the advertisers that we have in there. There's, there's show flyers in there, the shows that we've been to or we're supporting or we're trying to get them more people to come out to their shows. And like I had mentioned earlier, as laying at the lake, LST, turkey drag, C10s in the park, Texas Wake and Scrape. I could probably list a, a bunch of them off. And through this magazine, it's gotten us to where we're already booking shows for next year. There's dates that we're having to tell people, no, we can't go. Mm-hmm. And we're going to try to shift gears next year and get a good variety of everything, not just the bigger shows. We want to get some of the smaller ones in there too. Absolutely. So how do we support you then? Where can I buy this magazine? Where can I buy these awesome hats that you brought in for us? And are you on social media? How do I follow and support and share? Social media, we're on Facebook and Instagram at Full Throttle Texas Hot Rod Magazine. 
Our website is fullthrottletex.com, not Texas, because somebody else decided they needed to borrow that. <laughs> but uh, you can go to fullthrottletex.com, and, you know, the magazines are available there. The merchandise available there, too. Or you can email me at tim.fullthrottletexas at outlook.com, and I'll get you whatever it is you need. Or if you have questions or if you'd like us to attend your event, just let us know. We'll Sounds good. It. Sounds great. Tim, thanks for coming in today. I certainly appreciate your time and telling us all about you and your company. Oh, man, I appreciate it. You've been listening to The Beef Podcast, sponsored by Community Bank of Texas, an FDIC member and equal housing lender. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. For more small business stories, follow Beefy Marketing on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. To share your story, visit us at beefymarketing.com. Till next time, thanks for listening to The Beef.